Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations, always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally, that dude. I'm feeling amazing. I'm going to tell y'all why in about 38 seconds. But first, thank you guys for your viewership on Brinks TV, Reese TV, and your membership into Wiley's World that continues to grow. And today, on our Friday Swaggerway, we're going to announce the winner of this limited edition Hall of Damn jersey from your boy, Marcellus Wiley. Yes, we have a winner pick. Look forward to that. But we start off every show with, what's up with that dude? Well, let's start here. I had a brunch yesterday. I love it. Uh, It just sounds fancier. It it was just a regular ass lunch and I had a chicken sandwich. But saying brunch was even better than that. And I'm adding a great teammate to Project Transition, the foundation. She is a boss, like literally owns her own companies and wants to help me do what I'm about to do globally with your support. So let's get into that. That's going to be fun. Um, last night, had one of those free nights. You know, I had a hall pass. That meant I got to walk up and down the hallways of my own home without hearing my wife because she was out working. Yeah, she was out filming. So it was just me and the itty bitties, put them down. Had a great time. First, I took him to gymnastics after school. And then, because it's daddy, I took him to Baskin-Robbins for no damn reason, but just because I'm their daddy. <laughs> I took him to Baskin-Robbins. We took it to go. And boy, a seven, four, and three-year-old's discipline was tested and their patience. They were like, daddy, let's have some damn liquor that ice cream. I was like, nope, not until we go home. We have dinner, take your bath, and that will be your dessert. But they held on and they held on strong. After that, they went down. I had me, woo, a DJ session. Yes, I whipped out the turntables. Y'all don't know, but let me move. Y'all see that back there? Bam. Y'all see that setup? That's one of my turntables. I got a few of them. But my favorite is this little one, the SB2. It's itty and bitty, like this big. And I whipped it out on that kitchen table yesterday was playing them old bangers. Oh, I peep with a hit the club. Like, that's my era, too. So I was playing all that, got it in. 
I'm hosting and DJing the LA Chargers golf tournament on Monday. If y'all want to know why I'm dusting them off, because it's been a couple of days before. Other than that, I had a great dinner, uh, steak and broccoli, and I had a bad dessert. I had three scoops of that basket robins that my kids didn't eat. Y'all ever do that? Have a great dinner. You be looking flat. You be like, oh, damn. Walking past the mirror, stopping, pausing, is going down. Because if I go to bed off a good meal, I'm waking up with a six-pack. Like, it happens that fast. But I also, if I have a bad meal, I'm waking up with the Fred Flintstone, too. So... Had a great dinner, but a bad dessert. Well, let's talk about somebody who's had a great run, but it may not end well for Sage Steele. Her future at ESPN is in doubt and was Variety's mistake. Yes, Variety, the magazine. Was their mistake nothing, something, or everything? That is on you guys to decide. All right, so Variety's tweets and Facebook posts on Sage Steele lawsuit called her a former ESPN anchor. Now, hmm, first you're thinking, did they do their due diligence? Did they do their research? Or do they have intel, right? Because variety is big time. So they don't make these little mistakes, or do they? And that's why I want to know if this was nothing, something, or everything. So the Twitter and Facebook posts for variety on their story on Say Steele's lawsuit identified her as a former ESPN anchor, which obviously is not her current situation. Matter of fact, I was just working out and say still was on TV. So I'm not so certain. Uh, But the real question is, are they telling us something? And then they tell us something before they're supposed to tell us because that happens as well. As I've told you guys before, uh, my first deal that I signed outside of my rookie deal, which was pretty standard as a big time free agent, the deal was done. Uh, one deal was done well before that, two weeks before that. And then another deal came my way just hours later. So basically, reports were running wild and rampant and left and right. And some of them were true and some of them weren't. So sometimes you can't dismiss it always like, oh, I don't know what they're talking about. They just made a mistake. Sometimes they actually told you something just too soon. So magazine put out a story about Sage and the lawsuit. And it said, ESPN anchor and vaccine skeptic. <laughs> Look how y'all label her vaccine skeptic. That's cool. Sage steals free speech battle. God dang. <laughs> with Disney heats up. Oh, man. But they presented her with the wrong title. So it's just a story recapping her battle with ESPN and noting that once she has the same lawyer as Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon, woo, Brian Friedman. Damn, Sage made some money. She over there getting that high price lawyer. <laughs> he about to try and fleece him. And also, they made mention of the fact that it's a little odd that you can sue your current employer, right? And everybody's thought that when they watch the Sage. Like, you were looking for the background. You're looking for them to try and hijack her, pull the rug from underneath or something. You're like, every time I watch, man, ain't no way she's suing all them people up there. And they just like, oh, girl, camera A. Okay, you're good. (laughs) So it just seems like that's the situation. But with all the Disney cuts right now, do you think Sage still survives all the Disney cuts, especially the ones focused in on ESPN? Now, it's a convenient excuse to say, oh, you know, it was just we had budget cuts and Sage makes a lot of money and she has high priced lawyers. So we just had to let her go. Or it could be like (laughs) we knew as soon as she named us 
as a defendant in this lawsuit. Oh, her ass was gone. It's interesting because Sage is the homie. Got a lot of respect for Sage. I know a lot of you guys do as well. Sometimes I'll be trying to go at my girl a little too tough. Thank you for your viewership. Breaks TV, Reeks TV, and your membership into Wiley's World on YouTube. And we have a winner of the limited edition Hall of What? Jersey from Marcellus Wiley 2004. Extra, extra, super crispy clean. Yes, so fresh and so clean. But I'm not going to announce it to the end of the show. I've learned that from media. Keep y'all watching. Even though I only need three seconds of y'all watching, it's called a view, so whatever. Let's get into this story, because I can't wait to view this show. Pat McAfee's new show and how he opens up about the alarming negative reactions he got for the ESPN move. Yeah, yeah, from you, from you, from y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember that movie when they did that? So ESPN recently announced that Pat McAfee's daily show will move to the network, ESPN Plus, ESPN's YouTube channel, beginning this fall. McAfee addressed several issues surrounding the deal on this week's SI Media with Jimmy Trainer podcast. All right. On negative feedback from some of his fans about selling out. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's hear what they got to say. And the potential for his show to change when it begins airing on ESPN. Woo. McAfee said this. Our show stinks. <laughs> Self-deprecating. I love it. We know that. We understand that, but there's a lot of people that are incredibly cool and incredibly passionate, and they hang out with us every single afternoon. So I think any change I make, I had to learn through trials and errors that there's going to be people that are upset with it because they're scared they're going to lose the thing that they get to hang out with, and I am honored that that is how they view our show. Now, that was a masterpiece in how to deal with negativity. He just said, look. That, I'm not even going to look at them like they're negative. I'm going to look at them like they're so connected to our show that they don't want the subtlest of changes. They don't want any shifts, right? It's just like you being a fan, which is a fanatic of a team, and you don't want anything to change when everything is going well, right? If you guys win the Super Bowl, you don't want to lose any of your star players, any of that, right? And certainly don't want them to relocate, so Pat McAfee just threw it back at the negativity. Also said, but my big takeaway after this decision is a lot of our people have even been with us for a long time and a lot of the decisions I made, we've been through this a couple of different times where it's like, hey, the show is gonna remain the show, though, and I would like a little bit more faith in the fact that we understand who we are, we understand what we are, and we wouldn't wanna change it for anybody because that will be bad business and it will be bad because we can't make a better show. We're a bunch of doofuses that do what we do, and it just so happens to work. Talk that talk, Pat. I'm gonna give him some more. So I didn't expect it to be as big of a drawback as it was. I knew that there would be some people, because there's probably new fans of the show and new viewers of the show who hadn't been through these types of situations before with our program, but it was big. You're right, there was positive. There are a lot of people incredibly happy for us. There are a lot of people that were excited about what this means for the future of things. A lot of people were like, next step, next evolution of the show. This is cool. But I did not expect the amount of people that were negative, y'all, mm-hmm, about it before even knowing what it was. I know that hurt him to say that. That hurt him to say that. Like, y'all rock with me. That's beautiful. Like, think about if it were you. You want everyone to rock with you. That's love. 
but you also want them to trust you, right? Like, it's not just good enough to say, I love you, if you don't trust me, because how much do you really love me? And it's not good enough to say, you love me, you love my show, but you don't respect my decisions as well, because I created this show without your counsel. I created this show without your support, because it was just in my head. And then his circumstances forced him to create this show. Meanwhile, ESPN at that time didn't want to rock with Pat McAfee. Oh, but how the world has turned. Ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun and Pat McAfee got that strap and he pulled it out and he wants y'all to trust where he aims it. So I love him for saying that because I know that had to hurt to say that. He says, I know it comes from a place of passion, so I'm honored about it. But it was alarming. Jimmy, it was alarming. (laughs) I did not expect that many shots to the shins from my own people. Oh, welcome. (laughs) Welcome to stardom. Oh, man, your own people. I mean, everyone's going to hide behind proximity. But basically, your own people are always the one that hurt you. They're always like 80% really by the statistics. You talk about violence. You could talk about just emotionally. <laughs> you could just talk about in your circle who disturbs you are those around you, right? And those who rock with you are usually the ones who go between that thin line, love and hate. Those are the people that rock with you 80% of the time by the stats. So McAfee also explained that his show will not be doing debates and top five lists. Thank God. Oh, nothing worse than seeing somebody do a top five list. Unless I do a top five list. <laughs> nah, it's just not his show. I ain't got nothing against no damn top five list. They're always great. So I love actually the list. The debates I love as well when they're authentic. Like you can have a debate without having opposition. People don't even understand that, right? Like we got to just go against each other to debate. No, you don't. You can layer something and that's a debate. You may stop here and say, that's all it is. And I'm saying, no, it ain't. It's that and this. Guess what we're going to do? Debate. But we debating the same thing, just more of it. Ah. All right. So he also said that he would continue to have non ESPN insiders who are regulars on the show, like my man from Columbia in Rappaport and Shams. How you say Shams last name? Something like that. So that's going to happen. And he also was saying never told, never approached about who to have on his show. So expect a lot more of that. Now, the cursing. That's the interesting part. What did Pat McAfee say about the cursing? He said he won't be saying the F word on ESPN, but he was asked if he could use the word shit and other lesser curse words, lesser curse words, shit. And Pat's response was, yeah, yeah, yeah. As in Oaktown 357, yeah, 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 yeah. If y'all know who they are, y'all know Hammer, y'all caught that joke. All right, so Pat McAfee's still going to curse. He just ain't going to drop F-bombs. The show's still going to have the same guest on there, if not more. He's going to have better guests because he's going to have ESPN's Rolodex and Reach. More people going to see the show than ever. He's still going to be on YouTube for y'all. What's the damn problem? Hello, can he level up? And in his world, it's leveling up for this one reason. Pat McAfee gets 17 million. Oh, he left 30 million behind. That 30 million was for everything. Pay everybody and do everything. Now he gets 17. His boys get five, three, two, seven, ten, and he has nothing else to do but film the show. ESPN handles it all. Woo! Go get him, Pat. Respect to what you have done. Thank you for your viewership. Brings TV, Reese TV. Thank you for your membership. YouTube Wildest Worlds, cause we got a winner of this jersey 
And I should say it right now, but I ain't. You just got to hang on for the winner. All right, let's talk about Fox's problem because nobody wants to work with Skip Bayless. <gasps> what? Oh, man. The pending departure of Shannon Sharp poses a major talent problem for Fox Sports. Namely, few people want to work with Skip Bayless and Skip Bayless has limitations on a new partner. Basically, they saying, anybody want to work with Skip? Anybody? Anybody? And everybody kind of, you know, the water cooler. It's like the person who voted for Trump but doesn't say anything. Trump got half the damn country's vote. Nobody ever says they voted for him. I'm like, y'all stupid. So it's like that. So everybody like, mm, I want to say something, but um, nah, I don't want to be the one. And Skip's like, even if you raise your hand, put your hand down. I ain't trying to work with you. <laughs> so people are shook right now. All right, so that's what the sources are saying. It's kind of challenging. It's a chaotic situation inside FS1. Skip and Shannon undisputed their morning program. All right, so the seven, 71. Damn, Skip look good. Goodness, he's 70. Ain't no excuses, y'all. He's 71 years old. Now, we all know he micromanages all the aspects of the show, the Embrace Debate Undisputed show. Why? Because he looks at himself, and rightfully so, as the godfather of that style of debate. And the only person that we kind of see on record, and even they had issues that he had no problems with, was his brother from another, which is Stephen A. Smith. But they had their issues as well. Like any friend, any co-host, any partner would. All right, so nothing happens on that show without Skip. This is knowledge that I gave you guys before, but now sources are coming out saying the same thing. They chose Skip over everything else. You can't tweet about him, talk about him, anything, or they call you into the office, said a source. On Undisputed, he makes all the calls even when he's off. Now that is real, and I forgot. When I was there, somebody, God, I would say their name because this ain't protecting the guilty. Damn it, somebody said something about Skip, and they were working there. I think they were a guest. That's why I probably don't remember them. And boy, you talk about no more guests. <laughs> you do not talk about Skip. He got thin skin like that. I, that's what I heard. And that's why I probably don't see enough tweets going at him because he got thin skin. And if you go at Skip, you better make sure he has nothing to do with your job security or else he going to have the power to get your ass. That's real. I've heard that too many times. Okay. So... In that vein, Bayless is expected to have the final say on the replacement. Now, I've told you guys before, I've had meetings with the executives before talking about Skip's show. And they were like, dude, there were some contract hiccups before, even with Shannon. And you remember when Shannon leaked the reports that he wasn't going to get as much as Skip and it was racial? Remember when we went through that time and then there was another time for contract times that Shannon and Skip didn't see eye to eye? And Skip had the final say in that, but he finally said, okay. Now, reportedly, it took a few visits for even Skip and Shannon to start the show together. Because at that time, Skip was like, yeah, but. And you imagine that's how it went. So for me, when Acho came, I already knew Acho. And my agent and the executives came to me and said, would you like working with Acho? But that answer was going to be the same for everybody. Yes. I've only had one issue ever working with somebody to the point where I was like, nah, I don't want to work with them. And that was after I worked with them. So I would never be a gatekeeper or a roadblock for somebody. I'm not built like that, but I'm also not Skip Bayless. My show ain't that big. So I understand his decision. So they even got me quoted in here, but why quote me? Cause I'm right here and y'all already know. But I told y'all, you know, they say never outshine the quote unquote master. 
and that's what Shannon Sharp did. They had a role for Shannon Sharp, and that role he outgrew. So basically, Shannon and Skip as people, amazing people, great people. Skip is so nice and gracious and respectful. Y'all ain't going to believe me, but he is. Shannon is cool, disciplined. Everybody respects Shannon, the way he looks, the way he puts in his work, etc. Shannon's a beast. However, they both play characters. And this is what happened. It's sad because the characters started a beef. Skip would always just his loyalties and allegiance to somebody to a fault, even if he's wrong, whatever, stubborn to a fault. And then Shannon, you know, Unc Shannon and the Hennessy and the Yak and I'm everybody's uncle. And so I'm everybody's uncle and family. Now I'm more popular than you. The characters have problems. The people never even got a chance to really have that mutual respect on display for y'all. So we never got to see the real Shannon and we never got to see the real Skip because we saw the characters on display and that's the beef. So now they're in a situation of what they're going to do. There are a lot of people whose names been thrown out there. Let's talk about a few of them. I just mentioned Emmanuel Acho, Joy Taylor, Nick Wright. You always look internally first. Why? Just cleaner. It's a cleaner break. You can say, okay, we're working on somebody else to fill your role. Meantime, how do you feel about that? If it were Acho, of those three, Acho seems like he's the best, but I know Acho wants to be the dude. Like he wants to be seen, perceived, and rightfully so, like I am the number one on the show. So I... <laughs> Acho likes to run the show meetings and prepare the topics and, and chime in on, oh, I want to talk about this. She skip me like, shut that shit. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to work. Um, Nick Wright, interesting. Uh, I think there's a racial component to this. That's why I hate all the racism, identity politics stuff, because I think they're going to have to get a black guy, right? Or a black woman, they saying, but I don't think they're going to go there. You know, this is one of them barbershop shows and you... You ain't got nobody that go to the barbershop. <laughs> so Nick Wright, I think, is going to lose because of that. And that's messed up because Nick Wright is a monster, is a beast. But I just don't think that that look, that those optics going to work. I'm just telling y'all the real. And Joy Taylor. Joy can do it, but you ain't putting Joy in that box. And I wonder, Joy might be the best of those three. But there's one better than all of them. If they got Michael Irvin, if they got Michael Irvin, if they got Michael Irvin. Now, the Cowboys topics will be un <laughs> unsufferable. Like, it's uh, ad nauseum when you're talking about the Cowboys. That's going to be too much. But damn, Michael Irvin, perfect energy. Fits the, you know, former athlete, brother. You know, that's a part of it. And also, he is emotional, wears it on his sleeve. I can see that happening. So if I had to place a bet or I think who's the best for that gig, Michael Irvin, but we'll see. They'll get it filled. It's too big of a gig not to. Thank you for your viewership on Brinks TV and Reach TV and your membership in YouTube, Wiley's World. And it is time, and I better have some confetti when I see this, for me to announce today's winner of the jersey. You want to know who this is? Who's winning this? His name, or at least his YouTube name is, Afro Universe. Where my confetti? Damn it! Oh, it's later post production. All right, dog. Afro Universe, this is for you, man. And so you gotta hit me up in them DMs, and I'ma hit that tat tat tat. I'ma personalize it. Whap whap whap. Then I'ma get that signature. Pop pop pop. 
So I've been signing these with Wileyisms, quotes, whatever you want, obviously, with my autograph as well. Congratulations to you. Afros, yeah, Afro, what's happening? Y'all got to go back to the 80s. That's Run DMC back in the day. So let's get my favorite segment going with Wiley's World. And in Wiley's World, the co-host is not Acho, Whitlock, Michelle Beadle. Let me go through them all. Carrie Champion, Carissa Thompson, Max Kellerman. Damn, did I forget somebody? I know of it. I guess you could say Colin Coward, kind of. Um, damn, did I forget somebody? If I did, that's on me. I've been hitting the head too much. That's CT. But let's bring in our boy Mikey P. Mikey P. What Yo, it do, what up, baby? baby? <laughs> hey, look at this. I got a little something. I got a little something for those Cowboy oh, fans out there today in honor of that jersey what is that? just handed out. That's a, that's a Super Bowl t-shirt, baby. Super but Bowl champion count Philadelphia if Eagles. It doesn't count if you've been to the Super Bowl more recently and lost it. Like that jersey, that shirt right there got to be burned or just not fully displayed because the one I thought you were going to show <laughs> is Super Bowl runner-ups. That's the most recent memory I got of that. And why y'all Philly <laughs> fans always want to go with the Cowboys? Y'all know they got y'all. Like as a franchise, as an organization. I know, I know. Don't do that. Don't do that. I was What's going on your extra chest? troll on them. 27 oh, years man. of suffering, my friend. That part, I get but, it. Now, what's on your chest, big dog? Let's talk it. It's a good segue. So in honor of your season with the Cowboys, the one that you refer to as the zero sack, hole of suck, whatever you want to call it, my friend, <laughs> I don't believe yeah. that. But you've been referring to it all week. So who was the hardest QB to sack? Oh, just um, I'm not going to say in just that year because there's a lot of forgettable moments in that year. Just your career. Um, the your hardest career. QB – the hardest to get to was Peyton Manning, and he wasn't going nowhere. He was just like, I'm smarter than you. I'm going to change the coverage on you, my line protection on you. I'm going to do whatever I got to do, get rid of the ball. Oh, you're not hitting me. Now, I've gotten some sacks on Peyton Manning. Uh, I did something to his neck. I got fined $10,000 for hitting him in his neck one time in Buffalo, <laughs> and I, that picture is amazing. Maybe should be a fat head on my son's wall one day, but he was the hardest to get to, like pre-snap. I was like, Good luck trying to get him. Now, once you got there, who was the really the hardest was, uh, I would say, Ben Roethlisberger. Like, once you got that bull to bring him down, <laughs> he was just silky and slippery. And he was fast enough to get out of your grasp, but then not fast enough where you just kept trying and kept going back and forth. And he just getting that phone booth and do a little this and a little that, and then 250 pounds. It was hell to pay trying to bring him down. So I would say Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, sir. Who was the easiest then? If you want to say that publicly, Jeez. who was the easiest to say? Oh, yeah, I will. Come on, man. Never shut up. Uh, Rob Johnson was the easiest to sack because I got a chance to play against him when I left Buffalo and then he was still their quarterback. Yeah, I think that was Rob. Yeah. Uh, or at least all the memories I have when he was our quarterback and he kept getting sacked. I was like, God, late. Sucker here, don't see him coming. So Rob was Rob was a statue, man. And it was weird because he was mobile and athletic. He just would freeze up when they were coming with the pressure. So I would say Rob Johnson. What else on your chest? What what'd it do? So who who's the QB you wish you sacked but didn't? And then who was your favorite sack in your career? And then we'll move on. Wish I sacked and didn't. 
Oh, man. Oh, man. I wish. Ah, that has never entered my head like I wish. I'm, I, I live within my means, damn it. Like, if I ain't sack your ass, I ain't care I ain't sack you. You ain't that special. Uh, but uh, I sacked a lot of quarterbacks um, that had names. Let me answer the easier one first. My favorite sack ever was my first sack. Because it was against Steve Young. And Steve Young, boy, you talking nice. about help raise me in the game. And Steve Young was a, a lefty. So he saw it coming. And I'm coming around the right edge. He see me coming. And immediately I went back to my childhood. I was like, Steve Young is fast, fast. So damn it, I ain't going to get a sack. And then, I, remember, I don't have a sack in my NFL career. He's my first sack ever. And he saw me coming. And that sucker turned and boned out. He was running Steve Young fast. I was like, damn it. And I started bowling out. But I was young at that time. And, you know, them young muscles. Ding, 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 and I walked his ass down. Give me that. And sacked him. And when I landed, I immediately popped up. Like, oh, don't touch Steve Young. Don't touch the front. That is the great Steve <laughs> Young. And, man, you think I ain't keep that damn ball. I got that ball framed up in the next room right now. Amen to that. So I got I got a different segue for you here. We've been talking a lot all of right. social media this week. All right. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. something that I feel like the fans would love to know. And this is going to be maybe a difficult one for you to answer. But what is the funniest DM you ever received on social media? Funniest DM? Um, I, I don't have one that's the funniest. Um, What's the weirdest I, I thing? A, you could go that uh, route, too. Yeah, like I, I love the comments. Um, I always like it when somebody says something that is either supportive or critical and helps me learn. So I like them both the same. If you pump me up, I'm like, oh, that was cool. And you like, I rock with you, Wiley. That's love. But then I also like the cats that don't rock with me, but they explain why. I love those guys as well. But if you just hate me and you have no explanation, then I'm like, well, that fell on deaf ears. Um, like, you know, I've been married since I've really been active on social media, so I, I don't creep. I don't do all that. Um, I, I rarely like a post if it's a girl that I know and my wife knows, but she over there thirsting. I'm like, nah, I can't, you know, I don't want everybody scrolling by. Damn, Marcel's you. And I see a lot of my homies do it. I'm like, damn, I, who y'all marry? <laughs> like, they be in there just liking all the <laughs> bikini girls. And I'm like, I look at them. I'll screenshot them, but I ain't about to like it for the public. See, that's the smart part. Nah. John Morant need to learn how to do that. Just hide your shit. You ain't got to stop <laughs> doing everything. Just stop. Learn to hide it. It's easy to do that. So I don't have stuff like that. But give me more. What are we doing here? Is this some kind of segment you're trying to create? What you doing? I did actually have this, and I wanted to wait till Monday, but I got you today. We're going to call it Rapid Fire Friday, all right? Oh, so more confetti, gonna... more confetti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be. It might stick. You know, that name might stick. So quick answers. I'm going to give you questions. Some of them are going to be like two choice answers, but just quick answers. Try to keep them like, you know, a minute uh, or just a one word answer. You could do that, too. So right. are you ready for this? Right. Yeah, I mean, all I right. have fast answers. And you got slow ass questions. Let's do and it. it. <laughs> and it's not all sports. So. All right. So the first one is sports. Of the athletes and celebrities you met throughout the years, who left you the most starstruck? Oh, Ice Cube. 
Ice Cube. Um, there's a many. This list is long, but Ice Cube is the one. Because I actually just lost myself. And I was like, Ice Cube helped raise me. Here's a little something about a homie like me. Like, Ice Cube, I live through Ice Cube vicariously. That's why I don't blame rap music when cats be like, yo, that's why they act like that. Man, I ain't never shot nobody. <laughs> and in my mind and in my lyrics, I shot everybody. So stop it. It's just the radio. Shut your ass up. So when I finally got a chance to meet Ice Cube, we were on the red carpet, one of his movies, and I got invited. And I was like... I mean, I, I can feel it right now. My fingers got weak, so it was Ice Cube. Oh, it's supposed to be rapid fire, so I ain't supposed to explain all that. All right, what's next? What was your first ever job? I was a cardiovascular monitor. That sounds fancy for a dude wow. who had a clipboard and made sure nobody stayed on the treadmill longer than 20 minutes. Easy job, but boring as hell. <laughs> the biggest trash talker you ever faced in your career. I, 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 um, that I, 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 I ever faced, uh, I saw John Randall, but I played defense too, so it wasn't like he was talking shit to me. That I ever faced, uh, mm, ah, tough, right? I, I ain't got nobody for that one. Uh, like, I, I was a, tra- maybe because I was talking so much, but I was a jokester, not a trash talker. <laughs> I just laughed all the time. All right, so these are two friends of yours, and, Hopefully they don't get upset about this, but who cracks you up more? Uncle Chuck, Charles Barkley, or Shaq? All right. One thing about me, let me just preface this. I like talking about my friends more than anybody. Like, like this, I, I hate when people are like, oh, you can't pick between your friends. I'm like, if your friends can't take you picking, then who in the hell can you be comfortable around? So, yeah, I rank my friends. I rank my kids. Okay, here we go. Who's yeah, funnier? Let them know. Let them know. Hell yeah. Ain't nobody funnier than Charles Barkley. And it's just that simple. Like Shaq is hilarious. Shaq has antics. Shaq does everything. Charles Barkley, he, he can say his ABCs and, and somehow, some way, he's going to make you laugh. That dude is just hilarious. Favorite pizza topping? Man, what the hell are you in? Some like comic book or something? <laughs> yeah, some, these people. Like these favorite people, pizza topping. They want to know the real Marcellus. <laughs> all right. Well, they, well first of all, uh, all of the toppings. Is that an option? <laughs> like everything except anchovy. <laughs> Um, favorite, I, I would say sausage. Uh, I, I used to go with pepperoni. It's easy, but sometimes they get lost in that cheese. But that sausage always sitting on top, that little rock, that little boulder, and that sucker got that spice and that punch. So sausage for me. Best sports movie of all time. <sighs> Shit. Uh, Rocky. Ah, I threw you off. All the uh, Rocky. There you Rocky. go. Uh-huh. Preaching Damn right, my boy. All right. All right. Yes, sir. All right, how about a couple more, then we can close it out. How's that yes, sound? Yes, please. <laughs> yes, let's do it. All right, so this was going to be tough. Who was more responsible for the Patriots' Super Bowl wins, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? First of all, if you've ever mm-hmm. been to court, do not lead the witness. Second of all, this shit ain't tough. Third is Belichick. <laughs> like, what? It is strictly oh. Belichick. Yes, Belichick put those chess pieces in position. Forget, you can't say it's Brady because he didn't play defense. He didn't play special teams, and those early championships were won on what? Defense and special teams, so y'all better stop playing with me. That was actually an easy one. Preach. I used to get ripped for that, but preach. I know. Preach. All right? I know. All right, the last, the last one, okay, since it's, yeah. it's relevant to what we've been talking about with Skip and Shannon. Who do you actually think, if you had to predict right now, who will be the next host to join Skip on Undisputed? 
I think it would be Michael Irvin. Um, obviously, the NFL Network wow. is out here. Um, he, he seems like he has weekend duties and maybe a couple spots. I think they will work out a deal. He's already out here. He fits the role perfectly. Like, I can't even lie. Like, I know Shannon now, so it's hard to make this assessment, but them both walking in the door, I would have said Michael Irvin first over Shannon. And Shannon is huge, and Michael Irvin is gigantic, but now no one else would ask for a different shoe size, if you know what I mean, for that role. Like, everybody else, you're like, oh, they're going to be smaller in that role. But Michael Irvin, like, nah, whatever Shannon did, whatever shoe he wore, I could fit right there and keep it going. So I would put a dollar on Michael Irvin being the guy and can't lie not another name excites me like Michael Irvin I like Nick Wright um but I just don't think right now with all this racial stuff and put it this way if you have two white guys or a guy who's not black y'all can't talk all them topics that they talk about because it's just going to be perceived differently and it's unfair but it's the real like you can't (laughs) a black player gets in trouble or you know Colin Kaepernick and then they sitting there like you know what they're gonna say it's just gonna be pandering so they gotta have that bouncing act and I think it's gonna be Michael Irvin that's it Mikey. you know 88 88 would be explosive in there it would be great man I love watching him but that's all I got for rapid fire Friday a nice way to close out the week uh anything else you got go with the Wiley ism of today faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase Woo! Martin Luther King dropped that one on us man faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase and I'm not lying man that paralysis by analysis just standing there ready to approach your goals right and a lot of times we have to see the end before we even start and that's unfortunate because you don't understand what will happen as you go through that journey. So you take the first step, solid core foundation. You may not see the next step, but guess what kicks in? The law of attraction. And it's a real thing. Whenever your energy starts to display that your intention is to go here, guess what it does? It activates everything around there. And next thing you know, you get that random phone call from somebody who you didn't even talk to for the last few months. They're now trying to support what you're up to. How did they even know? What? Where did that connection come from? Damn it, I forgot about them. I should have hit them up before. So that's why you got to always take the next step, even if you don't see all the steps. If not, you'll be the guy, you'll be the gal, middle of the night, having these Brilliant ideas, waking up in the morning, scared to live them out, scared to take a step towards them just because you don't see the entire journey. It's not how it's going. It's not about the destination. That journey and the law of attraction will support you as long as you're attentive and intentional. So remember, this is real. You got to believe this. It ain't about, well, I don't see it. I said believe it. Walk on water, damn it, for yourself. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. 
More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, Dat Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. The show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Panella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming from more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.